Hi guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Heidi. And this is Betty Squared. Welcome, welcome to another episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just telling Heidi before we started recording of a really cool experience I had yesterday and I wanted to give these people a shout out because it gave me all the feels. <laughs> um, Heidi and I have both said that we really like the podcast My Favorite Murder. In fact, Heidi was the one that originally got me onto podcasts originally because I think I said something like, oh, I'm really into this. And you're like, I listen to this podcast. And I was like, what's a podcast? And then here we are now. And um, for anybody else that is a fan of My Favorite Murder, there's a whole heap of like crossover pages on Facebook where they've mashed up My Favorite Murder and like different TV shows or different um, themes and things. It's really cool. It's really sort of taken on this this incredible world that I'm sure the hosts of My Favorite Murder never experienced, oh, well, never planned on. Uh, but one of the groups that I'm a member of on Facebook, I wanted to give a quick shout out to, it's the Hunterinos, which is a match mashup of fans of Supernatural, the TV show Supernatural on the CW network, as well as My Favorite Murder. And somebody posted yesterday uh, that they had just watched the last episode of Riverdale and they were really confused and like, were there any other fans out there? And I was very quick to jump on and be like, oh my God, I love Riverdale and shameless plug, but you should go and listen to Betty Squared. And then a couple of other people were like, oh, ha ha, so funny. Get that fan base, you know, and we all had a really good laugh together. But what was really lovely is people actually went over to our Facebook page and gave us a listen and a like, which I just wanted to say thank you. That's incredible that uh, there is so much love and support out there for what we love doing. I just, yeah, thought it was a really nice experience. Yeah, and it's not too far off. You like talking to, or you like listening to two women talk about something that they love, and that's what our park, our podcast is too. We might not be as funny as those two, but <laughs> definitely not. I mean, I would, I would love to be as funny as those two, but they really like. I mean, they're they're pretty spot on. Let's be real. <laughs> we do definitely like to digress yeah. as as much as they do, though. So. Very true. That's probably the only similarity that we have that we're like, oh, look, something shiny. Let's talk about this for 10 minutes. Wait, what were we talking about before that? <laughs> and we just need a Steven to reel us back in. Exactly. I know. We just, it, yeah, we need a Steven. Damn it. All right. We're going to have to, we're going to have to put an advertisement out for a Steven, I think, once, uh, once we really get all rolling here. Yeah. Good Lord. But yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for that. Thank you for your support. Thank you for using what could be, you know, a negative space. We, we've seen negative stuff go up on Facebook in all different sorts of capacities. And it's this was a nice reminder that there are good people out there who are using social media to just connect with one another because we're all passionate about the same things. So I really love that. So thank you for, for giving us a listen. And if you hated us, I'm sorry. And if you're not listening to this because you hated us, I'm also sorry because you didn't get to hear that I said thank you, but we appreciate you nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, it's so sweet. Yeah, it really was. So today we are looking at chapter 41, Manhunter. What did you think, Heidi? Do you want to just like jump straight in or do you want to go through your notes or? 
Um, was there a movie? Oh, beg your pardon. Yeah, there was a movie, but the reason I kind of was like, meh, is because it really, it doesn't connect at all. It's, I don't know whether they chose this name to match up with the movie or they just chose this name because it just sort of encapsulated the the episode but uh manhunter is about a former fbi profiler who returns to service to pursue a deranged serial murderer named the tooth fairy so it's pretty yeah it doesn't it's, kind of match this episode it's not just um sorry i looked it up too just to see it's not even just an fbi profiler it's will graham um, who is a character from the Hannibal Lecter series, um, and Hannibal Lecter's in it. Uh, okay, I, yeah, wow, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, depending on what synopsis you look at, I'm sure they have different things, but that perked my interest because I was a big fan of um, the Hannibal uh, NBC series that was out, so I'm like, well, Graham! Um, but it, it okay. doesn't really have too much... Uh, in common there's an interfering journalist which would of course be our betty but um right but nothing too similar actually okay so i had no idea i actually read the name will graham and left it out of my notes because i was like cool i don't know who that is it's not important we mentioned the name of the character but apparently that does make a difference so my bad maybe you should uh you should do the movie from now on and i should just sit here and go yes heidi good work <laughs> We could switch off. I, de- I definitely don't mind. And uh, I wasn't trying to uh, fact check you. I was just very curious of what it looked like. I yep. tend to do that, but don't always say something um, when we talk about the movies because I always forget. So, No, you're good, my love. I um, It's just interesting that, you know, when you don't have the full context of something, how something as little as a name can mean nothing to you but then you had that opposite reaction of going oh my god he's the the guy that's associated with Hannibal so yeah that um that was a really cool little connection there yeah definitely and it was played by the um the main guy from the original CSI William Peterson who I always enjoyed I loved the original CSI I was a big fan of CSI Miami Mm, I I just always that red hair yeah I always thought Horatio was just so cool and that man knew how to take off and put on a pair of sunglasses like nobody's business oh yeah oh yeah no competition right my mom and I used to always be like damn he looks fine when he takes his glasses off and puts them back on but like we weren't physically attracted to him in the slightest it was just it was just great it was just the sunglasses thing yeah he really yeah that became such a such a funny thing. In fact, talking about Supernatural and the Hunterinos earlier, there was an episode of uh, Supernatural that I don't know if uh, you're familiar with it, Heidi, but there's this trickster who put the two main characters, Sam and Dean, in this like alternate reality where they are the stars of all these different TV shows and they've just got to play along and play their part. And there's one part where they go to investigate a murder and it's very CSI-ish. And Sam and Dean just keep taking off their sunglasses and they're just like under their sunglasses or other sunglasses. And like, it's, it just becomes this huge joke, which is obviously a takeoff of CSI Miami. So there's a little useless information for you. 
everything ties back together. And um, I was at one point a, a fan of Supernatural. I don't watch it anymore, but I watched up until maybe season yeah. seven or eight. You I see that episode? I was a really big fan back then. Right. Do you know the episode I'm talking about? I do. I remember that. And I was going to say yeah. the the name of that trickster, who we find out he is later on, but I'll I'll save it. For, I don't want to spoil anyone. Right, just in case. <laughs> yeah. Now, what is your first note? Where Where would you like to start? Um, my first note is uh from the scene where uh Sheriff Minetta is talking to the whole class because they they like to talk to everyone one class at a time at Riverdale. I um, wrote that down too. <laughs> Uh, so silly, but he's talking to the whole class, and I said, "Who knew Josie would be our weak link?" I'm so I'm so like surprised that she was so like scared by him, and I thought that was I don't know. Hmm. I completely agree. I was like, "Why is she falling apart?" And then when she's like, "I'm sorry, sir. I don't know." I was like, "Josie, you're so badass!" Like quick pull it together yeah I wonder if it's because I wonder if it's side effects of the seizure like before the seizure is happening you know whatever because there's got to be something I'm trying that's also the next part of my note um is about the seizures because I'm trying to figure out how they're happening I feel like they must be brought on by something like the girls who have had the seizure so far Betty and Ethel and Josie have been drugged or something there's something they drank something I don't know I feel like there's got to be something that they've all taken that caused the seizures because it has to have a cause of some sort and every time perhaps because every time one of the girls has had the seizure that other chick from the farm what's her name Evelyn or something yeah that weird named farm girl yeah I said that too I was like the connection because Betty says a line of like what's the connection between the seizures and I'm like the girl that's literally sitting there but do you know what I don't think it is it's too obvious and I'll talk more on that later on as well because I have a, a theory about who the the gargoyle king is oh, good. and I have no clue yeah we'll, we'll get to that later but in in terms to in regards to this it's not it's not going to be her. It's too obvious. Riverdale has never been the obvious choice, you know? They always present an obvious choice and like good suspense and good writing, that's never that's never the person. The person that is suspected initially is never the person. There's always some sort of twist with Riverdale. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't I don't buy that this chick is causing it. Um, I do think it is just a coincidence that she is, she's there. Yeah, I don't know, man. When Betty had her seizure, she claimed she wasn't there. And, you know, we don't actually see her when Betty had her seizure because they're all, like, in robes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My first note was kind of a boring note, but it was the first thing that sprung up when I was watching it. At the beginning of this episode, they reference that the warden is playing G&G. I think it's Betty and Jughead who make that reference. 
How do they know that? I know it's probably like an assumption, but why would they even assume that somebody like that in power is playing the game? I thought it was because he called Archie to Betty's face, the Red Paladin. And that's what clued her on? I think so. Okay. Because I, as I was watching it, I was paying very close attention to it. And I was like, okay, they're assuming that he's playing it. But I'm like, what gave them that assumption? And I think, I I kept thinking, oh, I've probably missed something. I've probably missed something. But it wouldn't come to me. But yeah, perhaps it is the, the Red Paladin comment. Because... I was like, wait, why are they just assuming the warden's playing it? Like, this this could be completely far-fetched and over the top. Yeah, I think I think that's why. I think also they're putting together all of the the things that everyone has said with Archie's, all of the things from Archie that he's said to Archie and the brand and things like that. So I think it's kind of their cumulative um, understanding of, of the things that the warden has been doing and saying. Right. Yeah, interesting. It just sort of stuck out to me. I was like, oh, this could be a plot hole, but I also could have missed the actual connection. Yeah. Might be a little. That's all. That's all I want to say on that. I mean, they turn out to be right anyway, but it was. I was just like, mm, this is a weird thing. A little bit of a jump. Yeah, just a bit. What was your first note? Or second note, because you already did your first note. <laughs> My second note was a lot of concern for Archie. Um, I just wrote, did Archie get stitches? Who patched up the wound in the first place? Right. Right. And on that, that actually ties in with my next note as well, because, okay, he's been stabbed. Yes, it's 100% going to be infected. I don't know why they thought it wouldn't be. Um, who knows what uh, he was stabbed with it was some kind of shiv but we don't know like what but it's going to be contaminated it's going to be gross he then swam through all that stuff it's going to be infected but here's the thing he's in bed he's got the sweats and then the next scene he's had sex with veronica i'm sorry but like if you're infected and you're in that much pain the last thing you're gonna do is have sex and then my my note on that is, can I please get one episode where Veronica and Archie have not had sex? Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering about that because it's, is, are there fans who are like, oh yeah, Veronica and Archie had sex, blah, blah, blah. Or does anyone care? And if no one cares, why do they continue to do it? Right. We get that their relationship is very physical, but it's getting obnoxious. Like we don't need to see it every episode. We get it. They were apart. They missed each other, you know, but every every episode we're getting a sex scene with them. And in this particular regard, uh, he has just been shivved. And branded, like, physically, he would be in so much pain and it's infected, you know. He's not going to be jumping in the sack. He's going to be needing to recover and she shouldn't encourage that either. Yeah, it seems 
it's it's just so strange. <laughs> I agree completely. So, <laughs> I mean, you you see him in pain. You see it's infected. He's suffering this whole episode, and then yeah, that. So, please God, let us have next week's episode where they do not have sex. That would just be great. Well, I really doubt with the way that this episode ended that they're going to have sex in the next episode. So I think we will get a a reprieve. (laughs) That is true. Actually, I had forgotten how it ended. Great. We're not going to have sex, but you know what's going to happen now? We're going to get Betty and Jughead sex. I don't think that's going to happen either because he was, since Jughead was with Archie. Oh, and then Betty's Betty's where she is. Okay, we're going to get Cheryl and Tony sex. We're going to get some capacity. I did watch the trailer for next week, so I won't say anything. I actually watched it too. I'm not going to lie. because I was kind of like, what the hell with the way the episode, this episode ended. Mm-hmm. And then the trailer started rolling for next episode. And I was like, well, I'm already in, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. Archie shirtless again. So that's all I'll say. Um, I mean, always freaking shirtless. Always shirtless, forever shirtless. Um, my next note is, <laughs> and I love, this is probably one of my favorite things throughout this episode. I wrote, Alice and Betty have matching bell-bottom pants. <laughs> what do you mean? When? Wearing bell-bottoms. At the beginning of the episode? Yeah, the whole, their whole, she doesn't change outfits. The whole, the outfit they're wearing the whole episode um, Betty had that like white shirt with the pink um, baseball uh, sleeves, and then the the little um, jacket over, and hers were high waisted. And but Alice well, also was wearing like at least wide legged, but they looked like bell bottoms to me. I just thought it was. Oh, cool. I. Yeah. I'll have to go back and look. <laughs> they might not have been the same, well, but they both were bell bottom pants. Gosh, how um how sixties of them? I know. But that's, again, uh, I've said uh, before that I like those little, like, tribute things where, you know, they kind of pay tribute to where the comic started and everything like that. And it really is, despite the fact that they use modern technology that does date the show, there is a really nice, like, classic um, vintage feel, Mm -hmm. especially to a lot of, like, Betty's outfits. She tends to be very vintage. Yeah, totally. Or like little collars and everything like that. Yeah, so cute. Well, my next note, and I really, I just have to work on like my negativity because every time I we record an episode, I'm like, I hated this part. It was stupid. But I did have one of those moments during this episode. So Betty, of course, sends all those letters to uh, the members of the original Midnight Club all the parents of Riverdale turn up to Veronica's speakeasy and then Betty kind of confronts them. I don't know about you. And this probably is just me being Australian and being like, let's just get to the point. But like the second that Betty walks into that door and everyone realizes it's her sending the letters, I'm sorry, but as the adult in that situation, I would have just got up and walked out, but they sit there and they justify themselves to her, which I love because I love Betty, 
But in reality, if you've got a kid trying to tell you what to do or accuse you of something, I would just be out of there. I'd be like, sweetheart, bye. Yeah. My note on this, it's so funny because it's like we see the same we see the same scenes and things like that and feel, you know, I, I totally understand that feeling and feel the same way. But then my note on it is Betty has the biggest fucking balls. <laughs> <laughs> I like that because she does. Yes. Because honestly, like I said, what child is going to commandeer a whole group of adults that are then going to sit there and listen to her accusations when there's somebody as powerful as the mayor of the town and, you know, this underground gangster that's Hiram Lodge. Like, it's just, yeah, she does. She has balls. Yeah. She's her own mother. She theoretically accuses her own mother of murder. Like yeah, she totally does. the giantest, the giantest of balls, the giantest yeah. of balls. And it's, Gosh. it's just this whole episode as well. She keeps going to each of the, like she's, she's more pestering than usual. We're seeing, I feel like they did it yeah. more than they would normally just to justify the end, um, which it still doesn't, but just to show this is how intense she is about this situation. And um, every time I'm like, Betty, the, I like, no matter how persuasive you are, a murderer is still not going to tell you they're a murderer. Right. Right. Like if I had murdered somebody, which I would never do, but if I had, <laughs> and then I was in a situation where this child had been like, Hey, I'm the gargoyle king. Come and meet me at the speakeasy. And I turned up and I saw Betty. I wouldn't suddenly be like, Oh, you know what? Uh, it was me. I murdered them. Sorry about that. Like, unless, I don't know. What unless they have true. some sort of mental break and the person is like, start, if they do start telling you, they're probably going to murder you. Exactly. Exactly. We all watch TV. We all know what's going to happen. Does she not remember what happened with her father? <laughs> right. Oh, God, I don't know. These kids, I love them. Totally nuts. Yeah, it might come back to uh, the fact that when you're you're a kid, your brain hasn't, like, formed all the way to make you make those kinds of choices and, and those logical leaps. And you also, I also feel like that attributes to the um, kind of um, immortal sort of feeling of, of being young, the, the kind of, like, the feeling you have of like, well, nothing can touch me and I, I'm not, I'm never going to die. And like, I'm immune to everything, right. you know, the right. you're younger shifting and you feel invincible and yeah. Angry and happy and all of that all in the one. Hey, maybe that's why Archie and Veronica keep having sex. That's probably it. Hormones. Hormones. Although I don't know. Veronica seems like more mature than that, but. We, I think we forget, and I've said this before in other episodes, that they are children. They're meant to be like 15, 16 years old. It's yeah. just because, you know, we're looking at it from a different perspective that we realize, oh, no, wait, they're actually 20-something-year-olds. Like, yeah, so God. we justify their behavior. Can you but imagine? Anyway. I've watched a couple things where they actually cast kids that were kids 
like Eighth Grade by Bo Burnham, or there was this amazing movie and it was on HBO um, with Laura Dern, and I can't remember what it's called, but they it's really interesting and it's about her um, being her remembering as an adult, and it's a true story. Um, her remembering wow. as an adult her sexual assault when she was a kid, and at first when oh. you're seeing her remembering it, um, you see her remembering herself as older, so she thinks it's more okay that she was that everything that happened um because she kind of felt like she was in a relationship with the guy and things like that it's a really amazing movie i'll have to look up the title after um yeah that's incredible wow it sounds not like and it's laura dern so it's like oh it's good but then she looks back at um photo albums and she sees how young she actually was and it's actually an actress who should be like who is that um age or whatever and seeing the difference just in like a few years is pretty crazy. So now I'm thinking like, oh my God, what if they did cast people who were the age that these kids are supposed to be and you see them in bed like Veronica and Archie are, like topless and stuff? Ugh, that's, yeah. Ugh. I mean, for one, that's not legal, but like also, ugh. I, yeah, yeah. It's It's just interesting and... It is justified. It's justified in the TV world because TV is meant to be an escape from reality. And I think sometimes, you know, doing a podcast where we review and we dissect an episode, of course, we're going to poke fun at the fact that that wouldn't happen in real life or that would be seen as different in real life. Um, But I think, yeah, we are expected to suspend disbelief when watching a TV show, Yeah, you know? No, of course. Um, on oh yeah, killer scene. Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to uh, before we move on to make a comment on this particular scene. I wrote it in my notes for last week's episode, and then I was like, oh, you know what? I really, I really need to say something this episode because I didn't end up saying it last episode. Mm-hmm. The the assault on Reggie at the hands of his dad. Mm didn't really sit well with me last episode. Yeah. Uh, I got what they were wanting to do. I got that they were wanting to emphasize the fact of that the parents are so panicked because this game is so dangerous. Um, But when they brought it up again this episode, I was like, I don't feel good about this. You know, obviously when when Betty makes a comment about it doesn't matter how many black eyes you're going to give Reggie, you know, it's not, we're not going to stop. Yeah, and then the dad sort of gets uncomfortable and stuff. Exactly. How awkward for that actor to come on just for that moment. You know, that's the first time we've seen him. It's probably the last time we're going to see him, at least for a while. And I was like, oh, that's so awkward. And is that really necessary? Is that really going to push this story forward? I don't know. I just had a really negative reaction to it. And I mean, it is something you should have a really negative reaction to because you know, violence in any capacity is never the answer, but it just seemed out of place for me. Interesting. I don't know. What did you think? As always, have a, had a different reaction. I really loved uh, Betty saying something. Um, I love that she was like, that she called him out and she's like, it doesn't like, yeah, that she said, it doesn't matter how, how much you hit your son, how many black guys you give your son, like we're still going to play and things like that. Um, because I feel like so often in those sort of domestic violence situations and so often when things are happening at home, um, 
the cycle of abuse is is kind of to stay silent about it and for everyone and what happens around you is that everyone around you also stays silent about it so I like that right that she called him out and and things like that I don't like I think maybe what we don't like is that it happened you know yeah and that's the thing I'm not saying like I don't want to see that like tv should be happy I'm just saying it's it it did seem for me a little like just out of the ordinary. Like they just kind of threw it in and didn't really like educate with something as serious as that. Yeah, um, but yes, I'm glad is that it's it happened to uh, not a main character. Like Reggie is coming more into the forefront of like the friend group and things like that, and he's way more. Um, he's in way more scenes and he's in a lot more and it is kind of a shame to like to touch on such an important subject and then to not delve into it more but I think that's just the downfall of um of him being a side character and not being one of the main four or or even like Kevin or Josie um, who get much more airtime than him but I'm curious right. to see if more will come of it if we'll see more of his dad because yeah it seems if this is the only time we're going to see his dad then it's it's strange it's just strange thing to throw in but yeah I thought so too but maybe they'll bring I him back so maybe there'll be more of it maybe it'll be a whole um oh gosh breakfast club I can't remember the the bad guy's name the the bad boy oh Judd Nelson played him. I don't know his the, the character's name. Uh, but um, I can't remember. Reggie feels very much like him to me right now. Yeah, that's a really good um, that's a really good association. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, very much so. We'll have to see. I'm curious, but yeah, if, if it's the only time, then that's disappointing. I will say another thing <laughs> that I liked just talking about like people who are more side characters and who don't get as much airtime. I'm loving yeah. all of the Kevin stuff lately. I love it. I remember uh, when we were doing um, the podcast for season two of Riverdale saying, oh, you know, I miss Kevin. Like, when, oh, beg your pardon. No, we were doing the rewatch. Mm-hmm. We went back and watched season one. And I was like, I love that Kevin was in this and we don't get him anymore. And um, I wish we'd see more of him. And I'm so glad he's back. Yeah. I really I don't know if he was kind of absent in season two because he had other things going on or they were just kind of like testing it out to see like if people were like, we miss Kevin. But for whatever reason, I'm glad that he's more of the main character, one of the main characters now, as opposed to just disappearing or just having like these one-liners. Yeah. Yeah. I I love Kevin. And I think he was great in this episode. He's a, he seems to be to me the just, the glue and the like support system for everyone in the group for all four um like he is the like uh the pillar that everyone can lean on which is lovely and there always is there always are people like that in your life and so it's nice to see that represented and i i really hope that we can see him lean on other people especially when he finds out about joaquin um i'm sure that'll be upsetting for him so I'm curious. Yeah. I don't know. I Again, I guess we'll just have to wait and see and hopefully we'll get our answer soon. I don't know. I don't know. You, I actually don't even know how many episodes we've got left, speaking of when we're going to get our answers. 
Give me one second. I'm going to look it up. Good old IMDb. If they ever want to sponsor us, that would be okay. <laughs> um, season three. Let's have a look. Episode guide. Okay, it looks like we've got a little while. So, obviously, we've got two more episodes before the end of the year. Uh, We've got December 5th and December 12th, and then we're taking a break until the 6th of January. And it looks like we've got a full 22-episode season for season three. And so we're only up to six. Mm -hmm. So... As impatient as I am, I don't think we're going to get um, our answers anytime soon, and I'm okay. which is going to suck because I bet you, I bet you those buttholes are going to end the uh, the season or the end of the year or the mid-season break on a cliffhanger and it's going to kill me and I'm going to have to freaking wait to find out. Yeah. I'm and I'm going to take that. They are definitely doing that to just hurt me. Because last year, the mid-season break ended with us thinking the Black Hood was caught. The fake Black Hood was caught. So they kind of wrapped up that storyline. I don't think, yeah, I really don't think that's how this one's going to end. I think we're going to get some sort of cheese and it's going to leave us wanting more. I agree. I think it's going to take a hot second for them to wrap up the Gargoyle King. I feel like they're going to they're going to drag this out a little longer. And when I say drag out, I think it's going to be justified. Yeah, I think so too. I hope so at least. We'll have to see. Um, We'll have to see where it goes. Can I jump into what I was talking about um, earlier about the, my like theory with uh, Jughead accusing Hiram of being the Gargoyle King? Of who you think the Gargoyle King is? Well, okay, so here's the thing. I probably didn't word that correctly. I don't have any idea who the Gargoyle King is. Mm -hmm. I do think it is not Hiram. I don't think it's Hiram. Because it's the obvious choice. Mm -hmm. He's just been accused by Jughead, which immediately rules him out. Yeah. I I do think it is somebody in the Midnight Club. Oh, my God. Oh my god! Do you know what? Hmm. It needs to be Sheriff Keller. Because you wanted it to be Sheriff Keller last time, and it wasn't. Yes, this is how I can come full circle. And this girl, if this is Sheriff Keller, if he ends up being the Gargoyle King, then I'll be like, you know what? I was psychic. I knew he was bad. It was just a matter of time. But I called it way back when. <laughs> yeah, but if if it's I. If it's the same rules as Hiram, with the the being he was just called out, so it can't be him. It's the same for it's the same for all of them, but it's also the same for Sheriff Keller because Sheriff Keller was just called out by Betty. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea who it is. I mean, like I said, I think it is somebody in the Midnight Club, but then at the same time, I think it's not. I think it's somebody completely different, or they might even go that like twist route where they're all the gargoyle king and each of them have dressed up at a different time to try and frighten the kids or like scare them into something or like investigate something but not show what was them you know what i mean yeah although fred andrews would never 
He's a sweet baby angel and he is never wrong about anything and I love him and he can do no wrong and he needs a break. And I also don't think Alice, even though I don't like her by the end of this episode, I don't think that she's a part of it. I I don't know. I don't think that any of them are. I will say that there is one interesting theory that I've seen strewn about, um, which I wonder if you've seen. It's the it's the scream homage kind of um, theory. Have you seen anything about that? The what? Sorry. The scream homage that they've done. Um, with Skeet Ulrich? No, but I do have a note on that. I haven't I haven't seen like any anything that, you know, is out there on social media or on the web or anything like that, but um when he came through the window and is hugging Alice and gives Betty that creepy ass look, I literally was like, Oh my god, it's Billy Loomis. <laughs> it was like I was like, this is freaking awesome. It's Scream all over again or like 30 years later. I loved it. I was so excited about it. Yeah. Well, I kind of think that it's just that that scene was just um, like homage for homage sake. There are a lot of people who are saying, okay, maybe this means that FP's involved um, because he no, did a very Billy thing. Sorry. And maybe it's him and someone else. And because why would he hug her? instead of running downstairs to try and catch the Gargoyle King. I think it's all, it's all, what is it? Red herrings? Is that what it's called? Yeah, red herrings. Yeah, I think we've talked about that before. I They're all red herrings. They're all in there to confuse us all. Yeah, I think so too. I really did love the that moment though, the homage to it, because you can't ignore in creepy moments if, if FP's there, you're like, ooh, Billy. <laughs> Right. It was just, it was so perfect. And I just, that huge, like, cult scary movie um, fangirl inside of me lost her freaking mind when that happened. I was like, oh my God, it's Billy. He's back. It was just, it was great. I just really, really thoroughly enjoyed myself. Yeah. Um, with, little, with that little thing. I wonder if Skeet got the script and, like, well, I mean, obviously scripting doesn't read how it's shot so I wonder if like when he worked with the director and the director's like hey can you like we're gonna have you come through the window and you're gonna do your like Billy Loomis kind of creepy I wonder if he was like guys really come on that was like 25 years ago or if he was like yeah let's do it let's really like throw these these fans um for a you know for a loop or whatever yeah but I was on board for it I loved it. I thought it was the great slash funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. I mean, just because of that, though, a lot of people are speculating about him being the Gargoyle King. But like I said, I I don't know if it's any of them. Um, maybe it's because, you know, from day one, I've been wanting to see this GD farm. Um, and I think that it's all connected. And I'm curious, maybe it's still connected. And it's the what Edgar or whatever him doing it to get everyone to come to his farm to like seek um like uh, escape and things like that because they're being traumatized and, and attacked by this gargoyle king because it's kind of working yeah that's the case yeah so true 
God, I want answers. I can't wait another X amount of episodes to find out what's going on. I'm so freaking impatient. I do like that. I mean, last time we had like a big mystery with the Black Hood. Um, I very early on had my suspicions and I was right, which feels good in one way, but is also disappointing because you don't want to be smarter than the show. Um, You want the show to kind of throw you for loops and the most exciting part of a mystery is that it's a mystery um so i'm really loving the storyline because i don't i don't know where it's gonna go and maybe i mean maybe i do have a right suspicion but it really doesn't feel like it so i'm really curious well that was the thing i was gonna ask you as well you called that it was hell very early on in the pace you picked it up even my husband picked it up and I'm like, it's Sheriff Keller. <laughs> Do you, have you got a pick yet or is it too early for you to say? My only, my only real thought is that it's the farm, that it's still connected to the farm. But since we don't know any of those people yet. See, my gut telling me that they're unconnected. Yeah. I see. I don't know. And that's why I like this. Cause I, I really am not sure. Um, and we haven't seen any of the farm yet, which is annoying, <laughs> but, um, I think, I think we're going to see that before the end of the year or the mid season break. Well, you saw the trailer for next week, right? Right. The the farm was on that, right? I didn't imagine that. Yeah, no, that was the farm. At least as far as I thought. Yeah. Or it's a, just a coincidence that he happens to be at another farm. Who knows? But yeah, it did. That's what I thought too. I was like, oh, it's either it's either going to be the farm or he's just like stopping somewhere on the way to wherever he's going. No, oh, I think it probably is the farm, the farm, because he also said something weird of like, um, I feel like I fit in here or whatever, which, and Jughead. Oh, that's um, So. So I have a mind like a sieve at the moment. I'm, um producing a movie as well as working more than full time. And my retention at the moment to like keep information in my brain is just gone. Like I see something and I'm like a fish three seconds later. I'm like, where am I? What am I doing? (laughs) And I think that case with this episode, because when you've said a couple of things, I'm like, that happened. (laughs) I mean, it's okay. Just keep swimming. It'll be okay. Oh God, it really is. It's all right. This production finishes in 10 days and I will hopefully get my brain back after that. Or I'll be so fried. We'll have to cancel this podcast because I just won't even be able to speak anymore. Oh, so no. who knows? <laughs> who knows? No, it's I'm going to be fine. It's yeah. okay. There's red wine at the road. Yeah. Oh God. Um, Speaking of red wine, I just started listening to a new podcast called, and that's why we drink. It's very uh, true crime with a touch of uh, supernatural elements and stuff like that, where they talk about all these cases all over the world. And it's great. They sit there and they drink wine because they're like, look how terrible the world is. That's why we drink. (laughs) It's great. It's great. So shout out to those those guys over there as well. They recently just did a live tour through Florida as well, which is how I heard about them. I didn't go to the tour because I didn't know who they were. But uh, shortly after they came through, I started listening to it and was like, oh, wish I'd gone to this that was fun next time yeah um in regards to Monica clearing Archie this is another part where I had to remind myself to suspend disbelief yes 
he was innocent. Yes, she discovered it. But let's be real. He would not have been cleared of all charges in a day. No, he would not have been cleared of all charges in a day. The bureaucracy that is in the justice system would have held him up in jail for so long. And on top of that, he also broke out of jail. So he would have had charges for that. Even if he was innocent of being in jail in the first place, he broke out of jail. Like, the, the yeah. But I'm just happy to be, to have that storyline wrapped up. So, like, I don't want to poke too many holes in it because I'm just like, okay, it's dead. Let's leave it. I'm not going to poke it with a stick. You know what I mean? I know. I know. It, yeah. Yep. But, yep. I was like, nope, that's wrong. Also, also, when Veronica gets arrested and detained and she calls Fred, Mm-hmm. And she says all of that information over the phone. I was like, girl, that phone is bugged. Yeah. You people listening to you, you are in jail. Yeah. Yes, it is a one free call, but that everything, everything is listened to. Yeah. So exactly. I was like, stop freaking saying that you know that Archie's okay. Shut up, shut up. Yeah, that was one of my notes too. I was like, I love that she literally said, Mr. Andrews, Archie told me not to tell you, but here I'm going to tell you everything in full detail on a phone that's tapped. Nice. Very nicely done, Veronica. I love Veronica so much, but like, honey, you're so much smarter than that. You're a business owner. Use your brain. I know. That was very interesting. I think it was one of those moments where her concern for Archie won out over her, um, her intellect yeah I think so too but I was because what I thought initially when I watched that scene was that I was like oh perhaps she's planting this information so the people listening are going to be like confused about where he is Mm. they'll like you know it's the red herring um but I was like nope nope she's she's just telling him she's she's just gonna Tell them everything. Okay, this is what's happening this episode. <laughs> yep. I also need Veronica to emancipate herself from her family, like, immediately, like, and yesterday, maybe. Because um, I'm- Right. I'm not there anymore. What the hell? Yeah. It's so, it's so weird that she continues to live like that. I don't get it. I don't know if she maybe has some sort of hope that they'll change, but she does seem to really, like, not care anymore. So I don't know why she isn't- just separating herself from them. Um, it's weird. I need clarification about um, Hermione's involvement. She, uh, you know, she cannot decide what they want to do with Hermione. They cannot decide. Either she is the boss of the mafia or she is nothing and is in danger and is totally a pawn of Hiram's. Like, there's, there's no in-between. Yeah, it is really, it is really, really strange in that capacity. Yeah. I will say, I need to do this note. Um, It's it's so funny. The end of my note says, uh, on this, says, finally something I like about Hiram. And it's that Hiram keeps doing this thing. He did it twice in this episode. He did it when he, when all of the parents were at the speakeasy with, um, with Betty and she was, she was interrogating them and stuff. And then he also did it when Jughead confronted him about being the Gargoyle King. He does this thing where he gets this annoyed look. And he's like annoyed slash fake confused or maybe really confused. 
<laughs> Fake confused. I love that. But that look on his face, that is the one thing I've ever seen from Hiram that I like. And it just shows that I that, that actor's really good. Um but it's just so funny. I just find it really entertaining the scene where Jughead is like speaking to him very seriously and he's like okay, it's finally happened. You've lost your mind. <laughs> like, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was him actually having like fun, like the actor having fun. And because um, he has to play kind of like a grounded, like um, very serious dude most of the time. So it was fun to see him like have a little comedy. And I thought he did that really well. I I agree um, completely. I think um I'm starting to like that they're letting him come undone a little bit. I like that we're starting to see him as a like a four-dimensional person versus like one-dimensional. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Totally. It's he's starting to get a bit of depth. He's showing the cracks and I like it because it makes him more human. Yeah, totally. Did you have any other notes oh, for yeah. this episode? <laughs> I do. I'll oh, well. I'll speed through them. Um, I, it yeah, was fine. It was just super gross when Penelope asked Betty to call her auntie. Didn't like that. Um, oh, I know. I know. Hey, actually, I have a clarify. Uh, well, a question here on clarification. Uh-huh. So, in Australia and in like British dialect, we say auntie. Mm-hmm. I thought Americans say auntie. It depends. Um, I'm not okay. sure which regions do it, but I definitely know. And maybe it just goes from family to family. Like if you have it in your family where they say auntie, I say auntie. Or I don't even say auntie. I just say aunt. Um, right. But I do know people. Because I know. Aunt. Yeah, I noticed it. Um with uh I'm, I'm continuing my struggle through the netflix series of sabrina mm. i mentioned i think in another episode that i'm not Ooh. super into it but i'm working my way through it yeah. and i know she refers to her aunts as aunties yeah. where i was i would say aunties mm-hmm. and i wasn't i didn't ever realize that there was kind of like that distinguished thing but then i heard penelope say call me auntie and i was like wait hang on is it auntie or is it auntie it might also be the um i feel like if you did like standard like american they it would probably be mm-hmm. aunt it would probably be auntie i would need to look it up but i also think it's probably penelope's air of like regalness that would make her want to be aunt um, because it just sounds fancier, but um, so that might be why. But I think it also is like a little bit regional and a little bit um, just how your family kind of says it. Got it. Okay, because it threw me for a minute. I was like, "Oh, you guys do say it like we say it," and then I was like, "No, no, no, you don't." I'm confused. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's American English. Confusing. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm coming to learn. Oh, good Lord. So done. What else did you Um, So I'm curious of your thoughts. Oh, before I jump into the end, the very end of the episode, um, when Alice like betrayed Betty and like sent her, had her institutionalized, that scene, oh. that scene made me tear up. Yeah. It, um, it hit me in all the wrong spots as well. Like, 
emotionally wise. Yeah. I didn't like it. Uh, I thought it was completely stupid. And I'm like, Alice, you've learned, you should have learned your lesson by now that the sisters of Quiet Mercy have absolutely nothing good to offer. And that was, it was frightening. It was frightening that they came in and they just took her and now it's going to be like, how do we break her out? You know, I think that everyone's just, it's crazy. And yeah. Well, I think Betty's going to break herself out knowing Betty, but it was also interesting. I wonder, I, one, I wonder if she knows about Cheryl. I don't, I can't remember if she, what she would have remembered from, or what she would have even known about Cheryl being sent there by Penelope. Um, But it was interesting that Alice said, um, they helped me, like they took, they helped me and they helped your sister, or protected me or protected your sister, something like that. Um, And they'll do the same for you, basically. I thought that was interesting that that's what she called being there, hidden away while she was pregnant. Um, Them protecting or helping her. Um, And after everything that happened with Penelope, with, um, Oh my god, I forgot her sister's name at Pub. Polly. Jeez Elise. Um, oh, yeah. That she would say that that of them as well. I thought that was really interesting. But yeah, there was something about the acting. I don't know, it got me. I got teary eyed. I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, it got me too. And the worst part was is that Betty looked defeated. I think it was she I think she she loves her mom. I don't know. She I think she loves her mom. She I, I loved too in the scene where the gargoyle king broke into their house when the lights went out and her mom goes, um, I'm going to check the circuit breaker. And Betty's like, I'm like, she says something about how she's going to go too. She actually sounded scared. Um, and I think her and her mom have a really complicated relationship, which I can get. Um, but <laughs> I think she really loves her mom and it was, it was a real betrayal against her for sure. I do too. And I, I just don't get Alice's reasoning. I know she's trying to protect her, but it seems like a very, very intense thing to do. Yeah. I think, um, I think Alice has run out of options. She's obviously very lost and obviously hurting a lot since what happened with Hal. And we see that in her going and finding comfort in the farm um, and how much she's changed since we've seen her be at the farm and things like that. Um, yeah. So I think she's just totally lost control. Um, Cause you can tell too, that she doesn't, she's unhappy with the choice as well. And she's sad. Like she, she was emotional as well, but I just was like, Oh, that got me in the feels. Yeah. Um, me too. Then my last big note is the phone call between Veronica and Archie. Oh God, that was awful. It was like, that was really awful. It was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. And I'm glad you feel the same way because it was just so awful. And it was like, are they just trying to show us why they only show, like why these characters do so well physically together and not articulate, like they can't articulate things together because it was so cheesy and it was so awful from the very first minute where Veronica calls him lover and then I hate when people call each other like when they say that we're end game I hate I hate that so much I don't mind meta 
I'm okay with meta. It's not even meta, <laughs> like saying end game. I, I hate that like weird fan service. Ugh, I don't like it. Um, and just all of it. I agree. So cheesy. Um, I, I didn't believe Veronica at all. No. She, I needed to see tears. I needed to see that she was genuinely upset. And I know she was crying, but we didn't see any tears. Yeah, I needed that for that moment. And then that minute where he hang he hung up the phone and he goes, Goodbye, Veronica. I'm like, shut up. Shut up, Archie. That was so terrible. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, I guess that is very true of relationships when you're a teenager. You literally think you're so it's so dramatic and you feel like you're going to die, but ugh. Yeah, and that's true. And that's why I think the dialogue could maybe have been forgiven if the scene was just done better. I hate saying that, but it just wasn't done well. It wasn't. I didn't like it either. I wonder if it was an afterthought. I wonder if they're like, we need to put something in here. And they just threw that scene in there. Maybe. I don't know. But there's, it's also... There's lots of... There's also the part of me that goes, well, these kids are treated in the world of Riverdale. The kids are the ones in charge. Like they, they are the ones who are running the show and the parents are not. We've already, that's like fact of Riverdale life. And then we also have elevated speech in Veronica and Cheryl and even Betty and Jughead, the way that they talk to each other, the way they talk about their feelings is, is quite mature. So then to have this scene that's not mature and that's, maybe actually what a real like 15 16 year old would say but it doesn't fit in the mouths of these kids because they're not kids in Riverdale yeah I don't know didn't sit well with me if I ever rewatch that episode I'm skipping over that scene true yeah no I didn't I just no 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 didn't like it it was boring and badly acted and badly directed yeah and I think when I say badly acted, I think it lacked direction. I think that scene could have been really good if the director had really got in there and just really worked with these actors. But it did, it fell short. And I was like, oh God, what is this scene? It was just so bad. And it's hard to do phone call scenes in general, but. They are. Yeah, because the other person's not there with you. You usually have somebody reading the words and they were not giving it anything. They're just reading it. And then you're just kind of left to your own imagination as to what you're hearing with the other actor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it really would have suited them. I mean, who knows? Maybe they did have each other on set, but if they did have, that would have really suited them to have the other person on set being the, doing the read with them um, to make sure that they, they each match each other's points um, emotionally. Right. But I did like how the episode ended. I loved the the song playing about the paladin as the boys walked away. Yeah. And that then, was a great little um that was a great little uh um tie in. Yeah. That sort of brought everything nicely to a close. Yeah. It was that was very nice. And then I loved the the last scene with Betty in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy with all the Gargoyle King pictures and stuff, was spooky. I that was scary. Mm. 
that gave me goosebumps. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I like that a lot. Oh. Yeah. Oh my, am I keeping you up, Heidi? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I know it's early for you at the moment. I'll forgive you just this once. <laughs> since we live, since well, we live on opposite ends of um of the nation from each other. Yeah. Um, there's a little yeah, bit of time literally. to and to make sure that we podcast. I had to wake up a little earlier than I am used to, and I don't think I've yawned otherwise. Um done a really great episode a really great episode you have done a really great job actually because I at the beginning before we started recording Heidi's like I may yawn and I'm like well hopefully the microphone doesn't pick it up and if you have yawned prior to this it honestly hasn't so congrats to you I think that was my first one I think I I saved it up (laughs) I'm glad I'm glad and right for the end now, what do you rate this episode? Um, I don't know. It's tricky, huh? I don't know either. I mean, I think, again, it was a good setup episode. On its own, I wouldn't be like, oh, this is one of my favorites. I want to watch this episode in particular. I'm personally thinking maybe like a C. Ooh, a B. Yeah, maybe like a B minus, a C plus. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a B minus. Yeah. It, it definitely... Like I said, it was a episode, but yeah. Yeah, because there were definitely elements of this episode that I really enjoyed. I loved, um, I loved Kevin. I loved, I mean, as always, I love Juggy, but I loved a lot of Jughead's. Even though we didn't really talk about it, I loved all his kind of stuff that he did this episode with Joaquin and then... Um, with Hiram, even though that's, and, and it was the first time I ever really liked Hiram. <laughs> so there's that. And right. then I loved the ending, the very, very end. Um, so yeah, I think I'd give it a B minus. Same with me. There were moments that I really loved in this episode that, and then there were other moments that I was like, okay, this is just, you know, filler until we get to the next important thing that's going to propel the story forward. So yeah, like a B minus C plus, like I said, the the reason I give it that is because I wouldn't particularly go and seek out this episode to rewatch it again. Yeah. And I'm not going to forget this week, but <laughs> we always like end each episode asking ourselves what would Betty do and what would she do in this episode? She would, Continue to kick ass and investigate. Yes, she would definitely do that. And she would... Have balls. <laughs> Big, giant lady balls. And she would she would be betrayed. <laughs> she would be betrayed by family. Yeah. She would literally become, I don't know, a victim of her own doing? No, because that's, she doesn't deserve it. No. She's a victim of really sucky, unfortunate circumstances where, yeah, an ultimate betrayal has happened. Yeah. Oh, goodness. That's kind of sad for Betty. But I feel like she's going to be fine. I, I mean, I know she is, yeah. That girl, she can she can get through anything. And in the, as the trailer aired us, she's going to be fighting harder than ever. Right, exactly. Because like I said, I got worried for just a second. I was like, she looks really defeated. Why is she going along with this? But Betty is also very calculated. 
that might all be a ploy until she like breaks loose and loses loses her mind and kicks ass and yeah yeah it's only a matter of time before we see the rest of it yeah all right everyone well on that note we will leave you all to it and we'll catch you for the next episode of betty squared soon yeah Woo-hoo. yay all right bye bye